Hallelujah. Well, we're glad that you joined us today. What a glorious day. It's Mother's Day, and the weather's changing, going to be good. And, uh, you know, I guess that's probably a blessing to them, a gift from God. You're going to be planting flowers and all that today. Lots of people do. So we are glad that you joined us right here at Only Believe Ministries Christian Center. Uh, first thing we want to do is we want to get in and get our offering, uh, our tithe and offerings working for the kingdom of God, working for us in the kingdom of God. And I do want to say a big thank you for all the people that have continued to tithe, to give, to get their offering here to the church. Some of you have found new ways of doing it, and that means that people are finding new ways to give online. Some are just now getting into it, but that offering that gets there is an expression of your faith. And so I'm glad that you're finding new ways of doing it. But I do want to, again, express our deep appreciation for all of you that have stood with us and continued the work of the kingdom. Even though we aren't seeing it out here, we are seeing it in the kingdom. People being saved every week and lives being changed and so forth. So right now we're going to let, let Pastor Nicole tell us some of the ways that we can give today. a reminder on how to give. There are three ways. Number one, you can give it through the mail. I call that snail mail because we know it takes a little bit longer than everything else, but I'm okay with that. Number two, you can give through our online website at obmcc.org slash give. That's an easy one. And number three, this happens to be, I think my favorite, it's text to give. So here's the deal, there's a little process to this, the first time, but then it's easy. The person you're gonna text is 77977. Then in the message part, you're gonna put OBM Bakken's, all lowercase letters. It's gonna send you a link. You're gonna click on that link, put all your information in, and then it's set up from here until infinity. The next time, all you have to do is text that number and put in your amount to give. I want to encourage you that through this time, even though we're online, the responsibility of the believer isn't gone for our tithes and our offerings. We still need to do that for our local church. But number two, why are we allowing the things of this world to affect the things of the kingdom? See, we don't operate the same way the world does. We use our faith and we believe in someone else who provides everything for us. Don't be afraid, church. Be hopeful because God is still on the throne and the kingdom's work must go on. Give this week. Hallelujah. This is Mother's Day. Where would we be without them? Well, we wouldn't be. <laughs> you know, God has a plan for everything and a mother is a place of counsel, a place of acceptance, a place of encouragement. I don't know that we could say enough about our mothers. And uh, I know that my mother is in heaven, and uh, one day I'll see her again. 
But any of us that have mothers here, we certainly want to make sure that we encourage them. So today I was doing Phyllis's Mother's Day card. She likes for me to do them, uh, you know, different. She doesn't like for me to buy them. And uh, last night I went and got her carryout. And uh, so we ate carryout last night. That's what she wanted. And uh, so today I was making a tape recording, a card for uh, so I said, you know, we've been married these 40 years. And she listened to it and she said, the only problem is we've been married 49. So my comeback was, well, it doesn't seem near that long. So anyway, I hope that you men do a better job than I did. So we're going to watch this little video and then we're going to be doing a drawing to give something to those mothers that have given so much. Today is a unique day, and it's far bigger than we think, because there are many different kinds of mothers, and all are being honored today. For the mother who's chosen to stay at home while her children are little, may your patience be great and your influence even greater. For the single mom who never planned on doing this alone, may you be consistently strengthened by your Heavenly Father and may you hear his voice singing over you. For the mother who strives to balance work outside the home with love inside the home, may you be given energy, validation, and hope as you make the leap from one world to another every day. For moms who had poor mothers themselves, but who now refuse to let that pattern repeat itself, May the godly legacy you've started be carried on for generations to come. For mothers with grown adult children, may today be filled with laughter and joy, and may you experience deep satisfaction and fulfillment. For women who have no biological children of their own, but who mother younger women as mentors, may you understand your role as a calling from God and as a transformation of their hearts. Today is a unique day, so for all the mothers we mentioned, and even those we didn't, be blessed, be honored, be filled with joy. You are making the world a better place because you're filling it with a love that only a mom can give. Hallelujah. So, and there are many different types of mothers. Eric, uh, Eric is going to be the man that puts his hand in the fishbowl today. I get the honor, <laughs> Pastor. All right, well, here we go. Well, uh, many of you, we just want to say thank you for all of you that took place and, and sent pictures in. Some great pictures of you and mom uh, really touched our hearts, and we just want to say thank you for doing that. Uh, this is just our small way of saying thank you. We have Many names in here. I'm going to pick out 10, and once we pick these names out and I announce your name, our staff will be getting in contact with you and find out the best way of getting you some gift cards that Pastor, Pastor Phyllis, Pastor Cole, and all of our staff want to bless you with as our way of saying thank you and happy Mother's Day to you as well. So here we go, Pastor. Here's our first one. All righty. Go for it. All right. Jasmine Berenger. Jasmine yeah. Berenger. Jazz. You're our first one. Uh, you'll be getting uh, contacted by one of our staff and uh, as our way of saying Happy Mother's Day. Here's our second one. I'm going to try to make this fast. Uh, Beth Swigert. Beth Swigert. Yeah. Right? 
Are you yes. Pastor? Okay. Yep. You're our second winner. All right, let me get down here to the bottom here. I don't want to show any favoritism. All right, number two, or number three, rather, Jamie Michelle Asher. Jamie mm-hmm. Michelle Asher, you are our third winner, and congratulations. Happy Mother's Day to you. All right, here we go. Number four, Sandy. Sandy Lowmaster. Sandy Lowmaster, you are going to be getting a gift card from the church here very soon. Here's number five. Lisa McDaniel. Lisa McDaniel, you are number five. So we got five more to choose, and Pastor's making sure we're showing no partiality whatsoever. Let me dig down deeper here. I probably just went to the top again by mistake. All right. Nancy Houston. Nancy Houston, you are our sixth winner right now. Uh, Congratulations. Happy Mother's Day. Here we go. Number seven, Lindsay Litchfield. Lindsay Litchfield, you are a winner as well. So I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, three more. We got three more to pull from. Here we go. Abigail Conkle. Abigail Conkle, you are our eighth uh, selection. You'll be getting a gift card from the church. Here comes number nine, Amanda Stackler. Amanda, congratulations. Happy Mother's Day to you as well. I've seen some of these mothers uh, on Facebook. Oh, they are all the time. Yeah. They, yep. are, they are great uh, yeah. champions and getting the message out, encouraging people. And many of our part of our connect groups and doing great things, Pastor. Yeah. Oh, Here's our last one. Drum roll. Here's our last one. All right. Uh, Laura Johnson, you are our 10th and final Johnson. winner. So congratulations, uh, all your moms. I wish we could pull everyone out of here. You're special to us. We appreciate you very, very much. And once again, thank you, families, for sending these pictures in. It really blessed us in what you did. Amen. Praise God. All right, Pastor, so let me get this uh, put together here, and our staff will be in contact with them very soon. Okay, praise God. Uh, Got a few announcements before we go. Uh, This coming week, uh, at the end of this week, be the 17th of this month, we are going to be having open church. We are going to be having people come in. There will be some restrictions and so forth, and I know that you are very... uh, you know, uh, bendable, that we will be flexible enough to accommodate no matter what people think that they need or that they require, we're going to be there. So next week, that's the 17th of May, we are going to be having our church service. So we do want you to come. It's going to be a great time. And what I'm going to do up to that point, and I am excited about, praise God, to hear voices again, to see the house of the righteous, the body of Christ lifting their hands up and praising God. And I know we've been doing it in our homes and so forth, but I will be glad to see us worshiping God here in the assembly of the righteous. So again, next week, the 17th of May, we're going to be having church service at 10 o'clock in the morning. And uh, from there on, then we'll go right back into our schedule. So please be a part of it. Invite somebody that's gotten saved. Uh, invite a friend, whatever. We want to see you, and we're going to be rejoicing. Now, this week, as we're leading up to it, I don't know about you. I don't want to be the same. I want to be different. And uh, Phyllis says, I don't have to try hard to be different because I am. But 
What I want to do is next week, I'm going to challenge people to join me for a three-day fast. Now, you can do a three-day fast uh, different ways because of medications or needs or things of that nature. You can fast from in the morning till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You can fast from 3 all through the night till 3 o'clock the next afternoon. Whichever way that you choose, I'm asking you to do something. And we're doing it just that the presence of God would be different. We want God. We want all that God has for us. So I'm asking you to join me on this three-day fast. So I'm going to be fasting Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. You may choose another day or a different way, and that's fine. Uh, so, but let's just do something. If you can only do one day, do one day. Uh, if you can only do half days, do half days. Do something. A lot of times we do nothing because we think that what we're doing is not enough. But remember that it's a mustard seed faith that can move a mountain and take a tree and have it cast into the sea. So join me on that fast, and don't forget next Sunday morning, May the 17th, we're going to be having church right here at Only Believe Ministries Christian Center. It's going to be so good to see you and be able to rejoice with you. So, but right now, let's turn our Bibles to, let me, not that one, uh, <coughs> All right, let's go to Psalm 16, Psalm 16, 7 through 11. And uh, I'm going to be preaching today about awareness of God. I'm going to be talking about being conscious of God. You know, a lot of times in what we are dealing with here uh, right now, this pandemic that has seemingly attacked, the whole world, what we sometimes can do, we get lost. We begin to think that we're alone. Maybe other people are doing fine. We're we're so thankful that people do fine. But sometimes everybody isn't doing fine. And it causes people to think, where is God? I mean, I ask many times in my life, since I've been saved, God, where are you? Now, I know the scripture says, that he's with me. I know that he's everywhere. I know that if I make my bed in hell, he's there. I know all that. But still the question rises up. And so I was just doing a little studying along that line about how God speaks to us and how unaware we are sometimes with God and with the work of the Holy Ghost. So in in. Psalms, the 16th chapter, verse 7, down through 11. It says, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. Given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. And then David says, therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope 
For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence, in the fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Forevermore. <clears throat> and I want to couple this with John, the 14th chapter that Pastor Nicole ended with last week. John, the 14th chapter, and it says this. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. For in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare you a place. In these passages of scriptures, what we see is that we discover that God is with us. We discover that God is available to us, and we discover that in that presence there is the fullness of joy. And if we disconnect from that presence, and we might not disconnect from it spiritually, but mentally many times we disconnect connect from God. We become unaware, we become cloudy, we become uncertain. And then John the 14th chapter says, don't let your heart, your spirit, your soul, that word is interchangeable there, be troubled. It means to cause to be an inward agitated motion. It means to take away the uh, uh, the calmness of your mind. It means to be anxious. It means to distress. It means to struggle with something. So what we see is this, that David is told that God in his presence is a fullness of joy. David rejoices in the counsel of the Lord. But if David gets unmindful of God, David will fall back into the counsel of man. He could become like his uh, son, Absalom, that sought the counsel of young men and rejected the counsel of old. In the counsel of old was the ways of God. But Absalom thought he had a better way. He became unaware of God. He was not aware. He did not think he did not consider God's way. And then John tells us, look, don't let your heart be troubled. Now, that's a great word, don't let. That means that we have choices. That means that there is going to be an activity or an option to be troubled, but it also tells us that there is a place that we can resist the devil, not give him place, and that we can end up on the right side of God's purpose in our life. So it tells us the first thing that we don't have to let our heart be troubled. Don't get anxious. Don't get fearful. Don't get distressed. Don't get discouraged. Don't struggle with where you're at. One of the things the devil tries to get us to do is to live out of our feelings and our emotions. Now understand that there's nothing wrong with feeling because God gave them to us. And I thank God for feeling because I've probably 
touched I don't know how many hot stoves, hot things, and so forth. And also, I thank God for my emotions because out of my emotions are the joys that I express about the things of God, the acceptance that I uh, grant people, the happiness that I have that they're in my life, those are all good. Emotions and feelings are good, but we can't let them rule us. If they rule us, then what we're going to do is separate from the counsels of God. Now, let's go to James 3, James the third chapter. When I was thinking about don't let your heart be troubled, I immediately thought about James. And James speaks to us in the 16th verse. For where there is confusion or envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. In other words, if we could go back to John, the 14th chapter, when Jesus is speaking to the disciples as he's speaking to you and I today, we would say, don't let your heart be confused. Don't let it lose calmness. Don't let it lose its awareness of God. Don't become separated from the counsel of the Lord because of the urgency of a problem. So we want to make sure that we keep our mind united with our spirit. And then in, in this, it tells us that we are not to allow envy and strife into our life, which gives place to every evil work. Now, the devil is looking for some place to get into our life. But then, let's do something. Let's go up to verse 10. And know this, and it says, And out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing, and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not to be. Now, why is James speaking about this? Well, really, verse 16 is the response to a church that has begun to do what opens the door for the devil and every evil work. Well, why does James tell us? James tell us that, you know what? We need to make sure that we don't allow confusion in our mind. Get disoriented and let our options become very narrowed. And in this narrowed option of what we are supposed to do, God is excluded. And so, in this passage of Scripture, it says, look, don't let envying strife, and where it is, there is confusion. There is a lack of the calmness and the peace of mind to make right choices that the counsel of God gives. And then James is writing this to correct people. He's writing it to tell them of the dangers, to tell them why these things are happening. And he says this, look, out of the mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. See, these things people got mindless of the counsel of the Lord. What James does is call them back to the counsels of God. 
Because remember, Psalm says that, God, you show me the ways of life. And one of the things the devil does is try to get us stirred up, get us to be uncalm, get us to be uh, a turbulent within ourselves, causes us to stop being able to rationalize and make a choice to trust in God. And then he tells them, he says, look, this is what's causing your mind to be confused. This is what's causing the doorways to be open to the adversary. Then nine, it says, now look, let's reason why these things are wrong. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet and bitter water? Of course not. And then it says, can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, fig, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you and let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom? But if you have, notice, if you have, if you have bittering and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly and sensual, it's devilish. In other words, our words are very, very important. In them, there is life and death. In them, there is the abundance of what we desire to have. But when we get troubled and when we get stressed out, when we start wondering what's going to happen, when we get confused about who we belong to, when we get confused about what God wants us to do, we begin to make choices that lead us out of the counsel of God right into the hands of the adversary. Jesus said in Matthew 23 down through 33, he began to teach the disciples about dealing with fear and worry. They were worried about what are we going to eat? What are we going to put on our bodies? Where are we going to stay? Where are we going to live? And Jesus says these words, look, stop. Just look at nature. Don't get confused about you being your own provider. God created you, God made you, and God will provide for you. If he created the bird and provides, he created you and he will provide. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was really establishing the value system of God in creation. That man is greater and more valuable than any other part of creation. But when he does that, he says this, don't take any thought. In other words, don't allow something concerning your provision, concerning your household, concerning your clothing. Don't take those things and allow them to disorient you and you start getting into the business of providing for yourself. Now, I know that right now that many people have lost their jobs. I know that there are people that have not gotten paychecks. I know there are people that are facing back rent. I know there are people that are facing needs, real needs. 
And we would start thinking, God, where can I get this or where can I get that? But what I want to say to you is peace. Be still. Don't let the devil contradict what God has said about you. You are more valuable than any other part of creation. Jesus has set the precedent that God knows you have need of them and he has provided for them. Don't let your mind get so agitated that you lose your ability to make the choice to live by faith. So I don't want to demean or belittle anything that you're going through. What I want to do is encourage you to stop letting the devil cause you to be troubled in order to open the door for every evil work. Friend, listen, it may seem like a small thing to you to have two handfuls of corn to feed a little sparrow, which you could probably feed for a month and a half or two months on that. It might seem a little thing, but understand, God knows what you have need of. And so if we will stay, not give place to the devil, if we will stay and we will resist the opportunity to become weak in faith, then what's going to happen is God is going to be able to do that which he desires to do. The counsel of the Lord is this. Don't open the door to any evil work. Hallelujah. In Hebrews 10.23, it says this, that if we're going to move out into the fullness of boldness, strong faith, then we have to cleanse our conscience from an evil influence. Now, it's interesting that it says conscience because the word conscience means this. It means to have your mind awakened and become aware of the presence or of a situation concerning a thing. And so our conscience, if it is not weighed down with trouble, if it is not weighed down with anxiety, if it is not weighed down with struggling, if it's not weighed down and silenced so that God can't speak to us, then what happens, we become totally unaware of God's presence and God's counsel. So I want to encourage you, just shut that stuff off because God wants you to awaken to you and to awaken unto him your value to him and his provision and willingness to love you. <clears throat> now here's what the Lord says to us today. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Notice the Lord is my helper. When? He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. In other words, God is willing to help us always in everything that you and I go through. But because we allow the adversary to disrupt the peace of God, to disorient our thinking, 
for us to get our eyes on what's going on instead of what God is doing, then what happens is we open the door to the devil instead of opening the door to God. So you and I today are going to just start being aware of God. Let, let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that, Father, every person watching, God will have their conscience sprinkled, cleansed from the evil things that come against the mind, that suppress it, that God disorient it, that God calls it to worry, causes it, God, to be divided and stressful, that, God, we cannot see to make right choices. God, in every situation, we choose faith. We choose your basis of loving us. We choose, God, to believe in you instead of what we're going through. And, God, the evil works of the devil stop right now. We are awakened by your spirit that, God, you are here. You do not leave us nor forsake us. Now, God, help every person watching me that, God, their minds would just be refreshed, renewed. Just, God, as it were, turn it back before the trouble came upon them, God, and divided them, and they started speaking things and bringing out sometimes thoughts of God and then sometimes thoughts of the devil. God, I ask you to strengthen them and be with them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. So God is with us always, and he never, ever will leave us or forsake us. Therefore, he is there to help. He's there to help. And God helps us in many ways, but if we are not aware, if we are not awakened to his presence, sometimes we can walk right through a place that God has set to meet us and not hear his voice or receive what he has for us. Because God really has designated that in everything that we should give thanks unto God. So everything, if we're going to give thanks to God in everything, not for everything, but in everything, then what we have to realize is that no matter where we're at, God is going to be with us and he is going to help us and we will not fail. So in everything we give thanks unto the Lord. God does not give up on us just because we have been slumbering or taking a nap. In other words, have you ever just said, man, I need a nap? My mind needs to chill out. I got to just rest my mind. Well, I do that sometimes, and sometimes it's just a little longer than others, but what happens is when I do that, life, when I rise up, life is still going on. And a lot of times, in the conditions that we are in right now and in places where we have pressure, we have allowed ourselves to get troubled about an issue or, or a problem, then what happens is we become disoriented and we forget that God is with us. We become totally unaware. Now we are slumbering. And so we can't hear clearly, we can't see clearly, 
and we can't make right decisions. But thank God that God does not give up on you and I as easily as we give up on ourselves. The Bible says in Job 33, 14, God speaks once, twice, and yea, the third time, yet men don't hear because they are busy with the affairs of life. They're trying to sort it out. They're trying to work it out. They're trying to be their own provider. And what happens is they get away from the counsels of God. And every evil work begins to come into play. But God speaks once, twice, three times, yea, even at night, in a night vision or a dream. Now that tells me that God doesn't give up on me. David prayed, God, open my eyes that I may see thy precepts. You know, God wants us to see, but sometimes we don't. And so we get unaware. Our conscience begins to be overcome by the works of the adversary. It begins to be overwhelmed by our confidence or our leaning to the arm of the flesh. But God wants you and I to awake, to awake, to awake today. God wants you and I to get mindful of him. <clears throat> we become so unaware of God that we forget what God is doing in our lives. Now let me say this. God wants to give us counsel. He wants to give us pathways. He wants to show us the ways of life. But if we don't clear our minds, let ourselves become aware that God is with you. Get out of the concept that God's in heaven. He is. But get in the place that you begin to think that God is with you always. And he's there to help you. So we want to make sure that we get awakened unto God so that he can give us the direction for a miracle. Now you would say, well, how is all that going to come to pass? We want to talk about some of the ways that God is our help. And I'm telling you, some of the ways are like way out there. Here is one in 2 Samuel, the 5th chapter. 2 Samuel, the 5th chapter, that it has to do with God showing us the timing for a miracle and how to have God transform a situation. Now it's in 2 Samuel 5 and verse 22 down through 25. And it says, And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephanim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them. That word compass means to go back behind, to go around them, to flank them. So what God says, let them see you in the front, but when they see you in the front, I want you to kind of get in the weeds and the trees, and I want you to come up back behind them. And it says, get a compass behind them and come up on them over against the mulberry trees. And let it be when thou hearest the sound 
of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees that then thou shalt be stir or rise up and become active of yourself for then shall the Lord go out before thee and smite thee in the ho- and the host of the Philistines and David did so and the Lord as the Lord had commanded him, and smote the Philistines from Geba unto thou comest to Gazar. Now, Gazer. Now, what happens here? It means that the mulberry trees, even the mulberry trees, uh, Jesus said that the stones will cry out if you don't cry out. There are so many voices, so many times that God is speaking to us. But awaken yourself and get mindful. Does God have a plan? Yes. Is he with me? Yes. Does he help me? Yes. So David inquired of the Lord, Lord, what should I do? What was David? David was aware of God's presence with him. He was confident about the victory that God wanted to give him. And you know that God wants you to succeed. You know that God wants you to prosper. You know that God wants you in health. But what we don't do is hear the sound of God's counsel through the things that are around us. And so one of the things God does is, look, this is going to be a sign. In other words, a time. You know God wants to direct our steps. He wants to tell us when, he wants to tell us when not. He wants to tell us where, he wants to tell us where not. And so if we become mindful of God, then understand that even the slightest things that you and I may not give any value to, it has a value when God is with you. There is a value when God is helping you. And David heard. Now, I'm sure that everybody else heard, but David heard a different sound. And that sound stirred David for the timing of the Lord. And when David went forward, God was already in motion. See, God wants to use the things around us. Become aware or conscious of God's presence with you and his desire to lead you and guide you. Jesus spoke unto his disciples to have, not the, uh, of how to orchestrate a miracle. When he fed the 5,000, Jesus didn't say, well, Father, it's impossible. Oh, no, nothing is impossible to God. Listen, be aware, God is with you. Awaken yourself, consider God. Consider his way, consider his counsel that you can have the pleasures of joy and that you can be in his presence and him be aware or you aware of him. So Jesus says this, take the 5,000, couple loaves and a few fishes and set them down in companies of 50. Well, why 50? Oh, he just divided it by 10. No, I don't believe that. I believe that Jesus was telling us prophetically that on the day of Pentecost, it will be a new time. 
and that God will break forth upon man and that it will be a season of miracles. It will be a time of miracles. And you are in that time right now. But God, Jesus being aware, awakened, and aware of God's presence with him, God gave him counsel of how to carry out a miracle. And so he has them set down in uh, groups of 50, and then he takes bread and gives it to the disciples. He's following the steps of the counsel of God. And so we understand that Jesus does the very same thing to you and I. So we understand that we need to be awakened and aware to God's presence. Every time that we go someplace, any time that we're engaged in something, realize Jesus is there to help. He's there to give you counsel. He's there to unveil to you strategic times. He's there to give you direction, where to go, where not to go. So you and I want to make sure that we stay aware of God. Let's awaken to God. You remember when God spoke to Moses in a bush that did not burn? It was, we call it the burning bush, but it was the non-burning bush. The, the bu burning bush would have disappeared, but the bush was going nowhere. Now, we might have thought that was strange, but what did Moses do? He became aware that there was something strange. Listen, you know the presence of God. You can be still. You know when God's leading you. You know when God's knocking on your heart. So let's become awakened or sensitive or let's say that we just want to be refreshed in God's presence in our life. Amen? Remember that there is a story about a man called Elijah. And Elijah was a prophet of God and he was going down to confront the prophet of Baal, the prophets of Baal, Baal worship in Israel. Jezebel was the one that had brought it in from her country when she married Ahab. She was not a Jew, so therefore she plummeted, she tainted, she defiled all that God had spoke to the Jews to do. That's why we are commanded not to marry sinners. And I know lots of people have made mistakes and all that, but now you can learn. In the midst of your relationships, ask God, God, help me. And so Elijah goes down. Sure enough, we all know the story where Elijah, the Baal, prophets of Baal, no matter what they did, could awaken Baal because he's just a dead God. But our God is a living God that hears, that speaks, that directs, and that helps. And so then Elijah goes down, he pours water over the uh, altar and the sacrifices, and the fire of God comes down from heaven and consumes it. He consumes all of the fire. Now Elijah there and then was very awakened to the presence of God, but just a little while longer. Jezebel makes a threat against Elijah. Elijah 
takes the threat and it troubles him. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know where to go. So he goes to a place that God has not directed him to, but even in the place that God didn't direct him, where is the Lord? The Lord is there to help Elijah. And Elijah runs from Jezebel. He runs, and he runs 40 days' journey away from her. But in the midst of that, you know what? God is speaking to Elijah. But Elijah is totally unaware that God is saying anything. Because one time, Elijah lays down under a juniper tree. He wakes up. There's water, and there is food that the angel has brought. And I believe that angels in our life are as active as they were in Elijah's life that you and I have angels active in our life, that they speak to us just like they did Cornelius in a dream. They speak to us just like they did Paul on a ship where there was no hope. They speak to us in dreams and in visions. And so we understand that these angels are active in our life. And angels are desirous to speak into our life as we become awakened and aware of God's presence. Now Elijah then gets up, eat, and he goes a little while, and guess what? He gets the sleepies again. So he lays down, and here comes food again. Here comes beverage. And Elijah wants to die. He just wants to give it all up. But in the midst of his trouble, there is God. But Elijah isn't hearing the God that was with him just a day or so ago at the altar. Wasn't there? Elijah was just missing God. What was God saying? When he was saying in these food, this food and beverage, he was saying, Elijah, I knew what you needed then. I know what you need now. I was with you then to do it. I'm with you right now to do it. See, God never forsook him, but Elijah exempted God from being involved in his life. Let's not do that. And then we can realize that there are brothers and sisters that will speak to us. We need to hear what God would say in the counsel of many because they will help us, they will instruct us, and so forth. And then there is that God speaks to us by the gifts of the Spirit. And sometimes we receive a prophecy, we think it's so great, but stop and be aware that God is behind the prophecy. Now, no matter what you're going through today, you may be dull, you may have become confused, you may have every door in the house open to every evil work, because you have lost the awareness of God, His laws, and His principles. And so we have forgot the counsel of the Lord. And now we are leaning to our own understanding. We're speaking things, but we know that life and death are in the power of the tongue. We are causing everything to be just one instead of being God, you, and the devil. 
And so what we do is we just put everything in one basket and we think it's all going to come out. It's not going to come out. You and I need to awaken unto God. Awaken unto God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person watching me, and I pray that, God, you would cause their conscience, God, to be awakened, that, God, they would become aware of your presence. God, bring back that presence that they are very familiar with. Touch them. Give them peace, God, in their emotions. Give them peace, God, in their feelings. Let your presence come upon them and remind them that they are not alone. For the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. But God, you are there to help us. If you are watching today and you are not a Christian or you are a backslider, you know backsliders will not make it to heaven. But you know that you can turn to God anytime. And today is your day. Shake yourself. God has made you aware of his promise again. Don't count this moment as ordinary. Just because you've started thinking about God, you've felt his presence, you've wanted to drink of the waters of the rivers of Israel, yet you are estranged in a strange land. But you have a desire. And you that are a sinner, never been saved, I want to encourage you that that presence that you feel, that stirring, that nudging, is that God is awakening you. God is arousing you from a sleeping state that you could hear this word that God wants to be your helper. Now, nothing can wash away sin except the blood of Jesus Christ. So here's what I want you to do if you're watching today. I want you simply, if you're a backslider or a sinner, stretch forth your hand towards that, tele, that uh, computer or your phone and pray these words. Say, Heavenly Father... I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he came, hung on a cross, and died for me. I believe that after that, men buried him in a tomb, and three days later, God, you raised him from the dead and made him both Lord and Christ. I believe, God, that he died for my sins. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart right now. I declare that you are Lord of my life. I denounce all hidden works of darkness. And God, I thank you that you sent Jesus. And if I believe, call upon your name, I would be saved. I'm saved now, Father. And I thank you for your salvation in Jesus' name. Now, please go to the comment box and tell us that you've given your life to Jesus Christ. We want to send you information. We want to make contact with you so that you can grow and go with God. And so, if you are a backslider or if you just got saved, 
We want you in our services next week. So join us. It's going to be a blessing, and God is going to touch your life. Now, before we go, I want to pray for the sick, the bound, and the diseased. I pray right now for every tormenting, vexing spirit of suicide, of insecurities, of spirits of worthlessness, of hopelessness. I break your power in Jesus' name. Come out of them by the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I pray right now for people that have, there is an arthritic condition in a shoulder. You injured it. I don't know how, I, I just see many years ago, but now it's set up as arthritis. Well, I curse that right now. Be aware, be awakened under God's healing touch right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch that shoulder in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for financial needs. God, I don't know all of them, but I do know, God, that people are facing them. And I know, God, that you are a supernatural God and that you are a supernatural provider and that, God, just as you provided for Jesus' taxes and Peter's, that you have a way that you will meet their need. And, God, that you will release it you will direct their steps, God. You will lead them. You will guide them. You will, at a perfect moment, God, in time, God, unveil your provision. Now, God, I thank you. And I pray right now, God, for people with blood diseases, all types of blood diseases. I command these blood diseases right now. I command the blood of their bodies, the marrow of their bone. I speak to leukemia right now. Come out of them. Now, God, I loose the working of miracles in the name of Jesus. There is like a, a, a I don't know, a torn tendon or something that runs down the cap of your leg. It's in your right leg. I curse that right now. I command it to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I praise you, and I thank you, God, that this is the day of the dawning, Father, of your awakening of your church, that they will awaken, they will be aware that, God, you are there, that, God, you are their helper. You have a word in their situation. God, you have direction in their course. And that, God, you will bring them through, see them through. That, God, they are more important than anything. They are the apple of your eye. You have set your eyes upon them and redeemed them by your own blood. God, we thank you for victory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I curse every desire for alcohol. I curse every desire for alcohol, whether it's hard alcohol, whether it's beer, whatever it might be. And I curse that desire for marijuana and that need of it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Now, please go to the comment box. Tell us about your miracle. Tell us about your salvation. Tell us about your life and what God has done for you. We love you. We'll see you right here Wednesday night at 7 o'clock and next week at 10 o'clock right here as we gather together.
to exalt Jesus Christ. God bless you.